Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. It is time right now for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program today is brought to you by the Willie Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Poly Construction, Gregory Drive, South Burlington, where one call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally-owned Montpelier Agway, East Montpelier Road. By Menard's family-owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop. Flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, houseplants, potting supplies, and more. V's Flowers and Garden Shop in Waitsfield. Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. Go to sticksandstuff.com. Find out store locations and hours. By PNR Lumber, Route 15, Wolcott. Family Mill Lumber for all your projects. PNR Lumber, and they're on Facebook. By Guy's Farm and Yard. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it. Four locations to serve you. Guy'sFarmandYard.com online. And by Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel. They bring you the In the Garden podcast. Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel online at dandelionacres.com. And right now, here is the host of In the Garden, Peter Burke. Hey, Joel. Thank you. And, uh, yes, welcome to everyone. We, uh, we're looking forward to another hour of Talking Garden, and uh, I um, I did a little research from last week. Maybe you remember a few people were talking about the uh, the problems they were having with their raspberries, and I think also the blackberries. There was a uh, redneck boar is the one uh, I think Brenda called and talked about it, and maybe Norm too talked a little bit about it. So what I've found out is actually three different circumstances that that give you problems. Um, now the you know the little sacks of juice that make up a berry, more or less. It's not just one round berry like a tomato is one round fruit. The the raspberries and the blackberries, black raspberries, all of them have a little sacks in there. Are they are called derplets, and it's spelled just like droplet, but with a U. But they don't call them droplets like droplets, which which is the way I was pronouncing it. So I went on Google and I wanted to make sure that that I got the pronunciation, and they called them derplets, like it was D-U-R, not D-R-U. But anyway, that's what we're talking about. And there is a white derplet syndrome. And uh, the causes sort of depends on what you're seeing. If you're seeing a whole mass of white, okay, uh, and I, I'm not sure which way it was, or if you're just seeing one derplet that's white or off-color, in the in the the berry, 
so um to start with the one single derplet that's white or off colored uh, is uh is is from the stink bug actually the stink bug gets in there and and uh feasts away and somehow it changes the chemical uh uh, uh formula inside that one little thing and it turns white instead of uh you know instead of the the dark uh, red or the dark uh, you know blue of a uh, uh, blackberry. I learned a new word today. Uh, derplet, right? Derplet, yeah. 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 Sounds, you, you got the pronunciation. <laughs> sounds like kids, you know, you know, arguing with each other and calling each other's names. You're a derplet. You're well, a if derplet. You're, I'm a derplet, you're a stink bug. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> See, there is value in this show, right? You get all kinds of new insults that throw at people. You derplet. <laughs> I hope it doesn't really mean something <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so that is the one situation where you would get, and for me, I, I saw so many stink bugs in the early part of the spring when I was cleaning up the garden. They were in masses of, of, you know, three inch circles of little red, uh, you know, uh, young, young beetles, red beetles that would become stink bugs is, and that's a, the other. Now the other one is if you have sort of a mass of white where a bunch of the derplets have turned white, it's a totally different problem. The problem with that one is the heat. They get too hot, and uh, if there's a hot, dry wind, it affects the. And usually in that case, you'll see it uh, sort of bush wide. You know, it'll it'll happen to more than one berry, and it'll be one more than one derplet. And in that case, and that's, of course, as you would suspect, more common down south where there are hot and dry weather is a, is a norm for the summer. But if you, if, and apparently we're going to see more hot, dry weather over the next few years, um, centuries, who knows. But anyway, in that case, if you're seeing a, a massive white, then the remedy there is actually to cool bushes down, is actually to mist them uh, in the early morning and mist them in the afternoon when the sun is not high. But uh, just by misting them, um, you know, it's sort of like when you go to a park and they have those little cooling booths where they're just spraying a little mist on you so you can cool off. And so you're doing the same thing for your plants. And if if you have fields of plants, then you're talking pretty serious irrigation. And I've seen that, actually. I've seen um, in the uh, the grapevines uh, out towards Buffalo, if you ever drive in Route 90 out towards Buffalo, you see some of them. And I often wondered why they would spray rather than just use a drip uh, irrigation but it's probably to because of the heat of the summer that they're going to cool off those plants. But and and maybe it is raspberries. I don't know that. I don't really get a close close up look there. So if you're having those, you know, those particular problems. Now there's a third one. There's a third one, and it's the uh, it's when you have um, a fungus, a rac. Um, Anthrax. It's uh, it's a plant form of anthrax, and it's called anthracnose. It's anthrax with an N-O-S-E nose at the end of it. 
And uh, I've seen that on my tomatoes, and you'll see it on tomatoes in in the form of a black spot. And it it's not unedible. It just doesn't look very nice. And when it affects the, the berries, the raspberries or the blackberries, you actually get sort of a brown, crispy derplet that, that um, uh, you know, doesn't make it inedible, but it doesn't, you know, doesn't have a good mouthfeel. You can certainly use it. It's not poisonous or, you know, there's no problem if you want to make blackberry jam or something like that. It's, it's perfectly fine. Um, so, and so the remedy for that one, of course, is to spray a fungicide. If you're having that much of that anthrax, then, then you, you need to spray some sort of a fungicide. Okay. So that's, that was the first problem that we had with the white derplets, with the white derplet syndrome, as they called it. Joel, do you have a call? Oh, I wanted to type it in first. Oh, go but, ahead. Okay, you, you type it in. No, no, go right ahead. No, okay, I, that's I'm kind a, of fun. I yeah. want to. I'm, I'm one finger typist, so <laughs> well, that's why it takes so long. Uh, now that we we've talked about the white derplet syndrome, and you can, and of course, you are welcome to call if you want a little clarification, because uh, uh, I I know that. It's a, all typed in. It's all typed in. Oh, okay. We have Pete in Plainfield. Well, Pete, welcome aboard. What can I do for you? Yeah, I called earlier this spring. I yeah. I built a four by four raised bed yep. up on legs. Yep. And I mixed all the the vermiculite and yep. the peat moss and the compost all together. Uh huh. <clears throat> My lettuce came up beautiful. Yeah. We're still getting plenty of that. The first batch of radishes came up good. Yeah. But my carrots, they grew about three inches tall, mm-hmm. and then they quit growing. And so I took a pair of tweezers, and I thinned them out in good shape. Yeah. And they sprouted up to about six inches, okay. and they quit growing. Okay. And then my scallions <laughs> the same way. They're turning yellow on top. Mm-hmm. The first batch is up about six or eight inches. The second batch only came up about four inches. Okay. Um, so how deep is the box that you're, you're planning them in? It's four, four by four. Uh huh. Four by four. But how deep is one this? One foot deep. Oh, one, one foot. foot. Okay. So you really got plenty of depth there. Um, there's a couple of things that it could be and, and probably the most likely is that it just simply is not enough fertilizer. And I don't know what you're using, you know, uh, if you're using like a, a liquid uh, fish, you know, and and you can use that anytime, uh, soak it down. You can do both the plant and the the soil, uh, because what, what happens in a box like that, a lot of times the um, it's sort of like a container in that the water washes the fertility out more or less. It sinks down, it collects the fertility, and then it comes out the bottom. So you, you know, and this is the same thing you get with either a house plant or, or a garden that you grow in a container. Um, you know, there, the retention of the fertility is a, is a little, um, 
little iffy. You have to you have to watch for that. So a couple of things you can do is is like I said is uh, to go ahead and uh, drench the soil with a like a fish fertilizer or put a granulated uh, fertilizer like the uh, the Pro Mix, and that's a slow acting and the fish is a faster acting. Um, the fish also is a good. Uh, um, uh, a, a good foliar spray. So, uh, just to sort of go back to one thing you were mentioning about with the carrots. Carrots, uh, if you want a good sized carrot, uh, one, you, you do have to thin. You, you won't get big carrots if, if they're not three inches between each one. So you want to, and your thinning obviously helped out quite a bit. Um, the, the other thing with the, the carrots, um, is that the variety that you choose, like if you choose, you know, um, a yaya or one of the varieties that is, is bred to only grow six inches, um, then that's all it's going to grow. Now, if you're doing like a bolero or even one of the big Nantes type, you know, you're going to, you get much bigger carrots, uh, for sure. So you, you have to look to the type that you're growing. And see what they, you know, sometimes a package will say right on, you know, uh, these will be six inches long. And that's pretty typical for a wide variety of early carrots. Um, the keepers, you know, like the Bolero, which is, a, is for me, has been one of the biggest and largest and best, you know, producing carrots. And uh, the only people that I know who have that one is uh, Johnny's Seed. And so, uh, and there may be other ones that are under um, a different name, but uh, um, those are the things that I can think of right off. The onions, I'm not sure why you would have problems with scallions uh, other than the fertility. Actually, onions and scallions are heavy feeders, so they need a, a real good dose of nitrogen. Okay, Pete? Yeah, the uh, liquid fish yep. fertilizers that have the nitrogen in it. It sure does. Yeah, it's high in okay. nitrogen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and if you anyway? there are other, uh, you know, but you don't need a whole bag of it. So I would suggest the the fish. You can get a a quart of that. Um, the Neptunes and there's a couple other varieties there uh, that'll give you some uh, a good a good shot in the arm for for your your garden. Okay. Okay. Well. I- Appreciate your time. Well, I'm more than glad to, and uh, let me know how it works out. I will. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Pete. Right. And, uh, oh, we got another Plainfield call from Andy. Andy, how are you doing? I'm good, Peter. How are you today? Great. Uh, first of all, thank you for the reminder to go out and put some fish fertilizer on the garden. <laughs> You're <laughs> <Today>. quite welcome. <laughs> uh, two questions. When is it time to start snipping the flowers off of the indeterminate uh, tomatoes? Oh, I'd give it another couple of weeks, but you're right. Uh, the, and, and what Andy's referring to here is that you know you can uh, you can have a six foot um, cherry tomato plant, and and we all know that once uh, once middle of August comes, you're not really going to be able to uh, you'll be able to set fruit, but they won't really ripen. You know, cherry tomatoes, uh, you can, you know, whatever, you can wait on those a little bit, but even those will, will, um, should, you should might as well quit with them in the middle of August. Uh, All right, excellent. Um, second question. I have always grown tomatillos successfully. Yep. Yep. 
they seem to power through whatever's getting them. Yep. Um, what I've got this year are these little brown worms or maggots or grubs. Well, they're probably half inch long. They got little black heads. They cluster on the bottom of the leaves and they sort of skeletonize and eat them down. So I'm wondering what they are. I'm picking them and mushing them, but I'm wondering if there's something I could, you know, appropriate to spray the plant with to give it a little bit of help. Uh, the it actually it sounds very similar to the cabbage worm, but I'm not quite sure what it is. Um, it's a maggot with a black head, huh? Yeah, it's a brown, segmented, wormy, maggoty thing. Um, as I say, maybe <laughs> quarter to half inch long. You'll oh. see them on the bottom of a leaf, and there'll be five or six of them clustered together. Yeah, and and probably if you looked a few weeks ago, they would have been just egg sacs in the bottom of the leaf there. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, um, so and what, and as you say, uh, tomatillas aren't really affected by too much. Um uh, but you know, it, it, every everything has a season for sure. Um, I don't know specifically what it is, but the treatment is still the same. Uh, if it's if you have quite a few of them, then I would go with the spray, and I'd use the spinosad, which will um, which will kill the the worms and uh, and actually affect even the egg sacs. So. Um, and when you spray, uh, use a fine mist and, and make sure you spray the bottom side of the leaves so you're getting the, the, the egg sacs. Now, if you, if you turn over and you notice them, you can just use your thumb to squish them out a little bit. Uh, but I don't know how many you have. Now, how do you grow your tomatillas? You up on a, on a trellis or just, yeah. uh, yeah? I've got a, I've got an A-frame trellis climber, so they uh-huh. grow up through that and yeah. sort of I weave the, weave the, the lead branches through it. Yeah. To. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've used my regular trellis with that and sometimes the branches are a little bit tough to, to control because it's just sort of a flat trellis. It's, it doesn't have any. And I've thought about growing it in between two trellises, you know, yeah. and so that the, the branches would have something to, you know, to rest on and we, like you say, weave around them. Yeah, I'm doing it on an A-frame, so at least yeah, at like the that. bottom I have that opportunity. Once it gets to the top, then they just sort of go where they go. They go where they go, yeah. All right. Um, yeah. If I use a spinifad, does that affect pollinators in any way? Uh, no, no, no. It's a biologic, so it's it's not. It won't affect uh, any of the pollinators. And I got to reapply it after rain, I assume. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a seven to ten day cycle. Um, you should see results uh, after the first application, but you might have to do it for two or three weeks to to catch up to the cycle because they'll they'll reproduce every few weeks if there if there's a real infestation there. Okay. How do you use your tomatillos? Oh, man. Um, I make a lot of salsa. <laughs> salsa. What I do is I would grow a lot of chilies, so uh-huh. I will roast them over charcoal. I might uh-huh. add a little wood chip for smoke, so I, I smoke some chilies. Oh, yeah. And then the salsa is tomatillos, garlic, yeah. onions, cilantro, yeah. mm. salt. Um, I throw it all in a pot and saute it with olive oil and then... Uh-huh. Citrus is good, you know, some yeah. lemon or some lime. Yep. Throw it, you know, I got a stick blender, uh, an immersion blender, so uh-huh. blend it all up. Blend it all up, yeah. Yeah, and let it cool, and it actually freezes reasonably well, so I'm uh-huh. still eating a little bit of last year's. So. Isn't that great, though? 
<laughs> oh my god, it's a gift. Yeah, but the tomatillos usually most years they're overwhelming me. Yep. And this year they're quite behind for the mm. reason I just said. Mm. So I, I think you've got time if you catch up to those. Yeah. I think you'll be fine. I have some spinach out here, so I'll go out and spray them. Yeah. Them. Yep. Give them, All right. give them a good shot. And, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, now I make a, uh, a, a fresh salsa with, uh, with, uh, tomatillas. And I, I have a little dicer that dices up into eighth inch squares. And I take those and sweet onions and, of course, the cilantro, as you say, and celery. And, uh, and, and maybe a couple of red tomatoes as well. And you just put that in with a little olive oil and a little salt and, and that is the best salsa, uh, you know, and. You're doing a, you're doing a fresh salsa. A fresh salsa, yeah. yeah. One of my daughters, yeah, she loved it so much. She was like, I had this paint stir stick that I hadn't used yet and I was so hungry. I was just, you know, scooping it out of. And so that's become our, our uh, rule of thumb is, is it, you know, paid stick uh, worthy, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, tis the season to eat a lot off of paid sticks. Oh, for sure, for sure. All right, well, let me, let me free up the space for another caller. All right, Andy, thanks. Your help today. Yeah, thanks for the call. Sure, bye-bye. And then we got Randy in uh, Wolcott. Randy, how are you? Hey, great, Peter. Uh, I didn't know we'd turn into a cooking show. This is great. <laughs> it's fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> me too. So I've got a question about our tomatoes. After having a banner year last year and just we're still eating frozen sauce from last year. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I've encountered on our plants the uh, top, the blossoms are drying up where new fruit would set. And it's, mm. they're just mm. drying up and gone. So mm. Mm. Any suggestions or idea what caused that? <laughs> well, I, I, I will say that it has been really hot. And yeah. tomatoes, oddly enough, uh, you know, you always think of tomatoes in heat and that that's great. But I had this one experience where I grew them in a small greenhouse. And I, like you, I was not getting a good set on uh, on my flowers, and uh, that's when I discovered that over 85 degrees, that that tends to be what happens with the flowers. They kind of dry up and and don't set. Um, so the the couple of things you can do is if uh, if you can, if you have a hose, you know, spray them down in the late afternoon or the you know the morning, you know, say 10 o'clock before the before the sun really is rising, you can cool them down a little bit. The other is, uh, you know, and I've talked about this before, you can, you can beat your tomatoes more or less. You want to shake them so that, um, so that they set. Cause the problem might be that they, they're, they're up high and they're not getting pollen, pollinated. And that's why they're drying up and dropping they're off. They're about chest height now. Chest height. Well, that should be, that should be fine. But you can you try know, it. Yeah. Yep. Wonderfully now, yeah. Well, try that. Try shaking your your trellis a little bit, or even actually kind of whacking them with a fold up newspaper if you can find one, um, and and just you know rattling the cage. Basically, you want to just make sure that the that the pollen that is in those is is uh, uh, and particularly if it's really hot, and then the pollen it's not pollinating well. Uh, so you've got a couple of different problems, you know, the heat for one, that's going to be a problem. And if you can cool stuff down, that's great. 
the two is uh is is getting enough um would just say uh you know jiggling motion to some way to to get that pollen in the air and falling down and that's what happens is that the flowers up above pollinate the ones down below and you know so they're self-pollinating i guess is the point that i'm trying to make you so can, if you don't mind, I've got another question. Yeah, sure, sure. And this is on Brussels sprouts. Yeah. We've, we've got a dozen plants going. Yeah. When, when would it be advisable to cut the lower leaves on? You can cut those um, certainly now, um, but anytime you start to see the buds forming on the lower leaves, uh, I, I just start at the bottom and I'll go ahead and, you know, go up maybe a foot or so. And then I'll come back around and as those start to fatten up and you see the, the buds on the other ones, you can cut Is it cut advisable them. to do so? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's the same, the same idea as, is what we're talking about with the, with the tomatoes. You know, I always say you, you, as soon as you see that first flower, you know, cut all the leaves down below it. And then the next set, which will be about 10 inches up, cut all those. And, and, and so the same thing is true with the Brussels sprouts is, um, once, you know, once they set, you'll actually notice, uh, that that they're starting to turn brown on the lower leaves. And that's not disease or anything. That's the plant uh, basically just cutting off uh, the um, nutrients to that bra- to that branch down below because it doesn't need it anymore. So what you're doing is you're just sort of hastening, you know, nature's uh, uh, way anyway. Nature's going to cut those off and, and the plant's going to cut them off because they aren't really usable. It's, you know, when you look at the canopy that the top leaves make, you know, you can see that they're not getting very much sun down below there. So, you know, um, the 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 main um, uh, nutrients come from the the top set of leaves. You know, four or five, six leaves along the top there. Well, so far we've been successful with your advice to keep the pests out. Oh, good. So we're looking forward to a crop of Brussels sprouts. Oh, it's great. And, and you know, we, uh, we always look forward to those to, in Thanksgiving, you know. I, we let them go until then, and then, you know, usually the, the day before or even Thanksgiving Day we go out and harvest. But some years I have a harvest, and I literally, the one sprout will fill the palm of my hand. And, wow. uh, and that's just like, that's, uh, we, we go ahead and cut them up and, and use them. And, and now that the roasted Brussels sprout has become so popular, we'll, oh, yeah. we do that too, you know, we. With beets and carrots, we do it in yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. Now you're Great. talking. See, we're back to the cooking show now. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, I enjoy the show. Thank you. Well, Randy, thanks for the call. Much appreciated. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, how are we doing? We need a break? Yeah, all right. We'll see you on the other side then. Dandelion Acres is a beautiful garden center in central Vermont where you can find gorgeous flowering hanging baskets, annuals, perennials, trees, and shrubs. They also have an extensive selection of vegetables, fruit trees, and berry bushes and can also offer helpful advice to make your growing season a success. There's pottery, garden furniture, statuary, and decor from the whimsical to the sublime. Dandelion Acres Garden Center is in Bethel, Vermont. Go to dandelionacres.com for current operating hours and COVID caveats. 802-244-1777 is our number, and once again, here's Peter. Hey, Joel, we have uh, Forbes on the line. Hey, Forbes, are you there? 
There you go. Hi. I think you're on. How are you, folks? I'm good. How about yourself? Great. What's Great. going on in the garden? Up to my ears and blueberries. Oh, what a nice problem oh, to have. I've never met so many people. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got one that, uh, that happened, and I'm sure you know about it, but a lot of people may not. I was on my hands and knees one time sending, uh, uh, oh, beets and, and uh, carrots and everything else. And old-timer came up and said, hey, what are you doing there? And I said, I'm sending them out, so, you know, they won't be some competitive. Nothing will grow. Yeah. He said, no, no, you don't want to do that. So he told me, uh, take a coffee can, <laughs> put sand in it, put your seeds into it, mix it up. And then so you rose. <laughs> and after that, I did that the rest of my life. And there you go. It took care of that problem. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, what a great way to go. Easy, easy yeah, to do. Yeah, shake it up in a, in a coffee, one-pound coffee can or yeah. whatever, and uh, away you go. <laughs> of course, this hand isn't going to bother anything. But oh, no, not at all. That took care of my thinning. <laughs> well, that's a good story. I like that. I like that Yeah, old timers are good for something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope. You've lived a lot of life. Now, I thought you were going to say you were on your, your knees praying for rain, but, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah well, I, 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 no. For today, that's for sure. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I just thought, uh, and the other other thing he taught me, uh, well, the deer did, yeah. is to uh, mow the tops of my potatoes off. Oh, really? And holy smokes. Yeah, the deer did that. And I had the biggest uh, crop of potatoes I've ever had in my life. So uh, after that, I, uh, I so, always did that. For, so when you say you always did that, what do you actually do? I mean, how much of the I just top? take a trimmer, you know, yeah. a string trimmer or anything, and go yeah. right along the tops and take all the tops right out. Like six inches? Not inch- down to the... Yeah, uh, no, but like six inches? I mean, uh, is yeah, that before good, they good flower good or after they flower? Uh, before. Before they flower? Yeah. Oh, I'll be darned. And everything goes into the root structure then. All that top growth steals everything away from the size well, of the potato. Well, I'm going to go right out to my garden after the show and cut some tops off, see how it goes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it really really makes a difference. You'll get a big, good-sized potatoes oh, and, and a I lot would, more. I would like that. That would be yeah. very nice. So uh, the deer come in handy. <laughs> Okay. Well, Have the deer day. didn't. Oh, they okay. were a little too handy. They they stripped all the leaves off my broccoli and oh, yeah. uh, yeah. this year, and they've never done it. I, it's never happened to me before. But I went out and I was like, what? "Gee, that was a big worm!" <laughs> you know. And I get to right. look at it. I said, "That was no worm. That was a deer," because the, the half of the peas were eaten down too. I was like, "Man, they must be hungry or something." They don't like hot pepper. They, oh, okay, I'll make sure to, to mix that in with it. I don't either sometimes. But, uh, <laughs> well, it doesn't really like really you. Raise the tech with <laughs> well, okay, so we're, we're going to put sand in our seeds and spread them out so we don't have to, so we don't have to thin. Right, and then uh, then we're going to chop the top off of uh, of our potatoes. There you go. Okay. Thanks for the advice, Forbes. I you appreciate got it. that. <laughs> Have a good day. Yeah, you too. Take care. There you go.
Yeah, thank, thank you, Forbes. I'm popping in for a second. Yeah, hot sauce, uh, that, the Costco-sized bottle, literally yeah. a quart bottle. Yep. I dilute it just a little bit so it gets into the sprayer, and then uh-huh. I spray it on anything where uh, deer or anybody might be coming. Thank you. And yeah. it, uh, it washes right off. You oh, know? yeah. You see these little bottles of hot sauce that you might buy for your own table yep. or yep. at restaurants, but you can get a Costco-sized quart bottle pretty cheaply. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, good hot sauce. I oh, mean, it's uh, perfectly right. – yeah. Uh, and, was uh, it like, like Texas it? hot sauce? Oh or yeah, something right. Like that, yeah. Red, big jalapeno. Yeah, right. Hot sauce. <laughs> I, I used to like that thing until my, you know, stomach fell down. My <laughs> until pan it didn't leg. like yeah. you didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> it yeah, didn't well, like. I, you. I loved it eventually. Eventually, my digestive system decided. Well, the to. one, the Cholula, the one with the little wooden top. That's you know? the best. That one is not so hot as as the that really hot Texas hot one. And yep. that we can we'll have on our pizza, and you know we. we that is my all-time favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, old DJ Don Imus, remember yeah. the shock oh, clock God, Imus yes, in the morning. I remember him. He uh, he's, he he they weren't an advertiser with him, at least not a, not overtly. And he yeah. he kept saying how great it is. And yeah. of course he had the Imus Ranch in Texas, and his brother <laughs> lived in Texas. I said, well, I gotta try that. And that Cholula, and they have all different varieties. I just yeah. buy the regular one. The, regular the little one. wooden top, yeah, you know wooden, the one. Exactly. That's just one. absolutely wonderful. Absolutely. You have to have a spare in because yeah, yeah. you don't want to be without it. Yeah, sure. you, you used to be years ago, and a lady in my life would be cooking it. She wasn't the best of cooks. And she would <laughs> notice that if I put ketchup or hot sauce on anything she cooked, what do you mean? You don't like it? Oh, it's absolutely delicious. This just enhances it. That's so, right. So why do you put a half a bottle of ketchup on it? Because <laughs> I like ketchup. <laughs> that's what... Uh, Oh, Lordy. That's what Harry Reasoner used to. My brother worked for CBS. I'm going to go let you get back to garden. My brother used to work <laughs> so for right. CBS. Yeah. And uh, he occasionally went to Sardi's with Harry Reasoner and Dan Rather and people like that who yeah. were, who were part of the network uh, with, you know, with uh, newsmakers, could yeah. be a governor, a yeah. vice president or anything. And, you know, they would order all these elegant quiches and everything, no matter what was ordered for the table, no matter what it was. It could have been a lobster. It could have been, you know, the most elegant anything. Harry Reasoner put a half a bottle of ketchup on it, no matter <laughs> what it was. Everything from a regular hamburger, you know, to quiche Lorraine. To, well, you know, according to Ronald Reagan, that's a vegetable, you know. It, yep. In fact, we know it's a fruit, but the uh, Department of Agriculture did classify it as a vegetable, as vegetable. for yes. for you know import or for tr- uh, you know for transportation yeah, with other right. vegetables and everything it should not have been treated it should not and doesn't have to be treated separately because it's a fruit if you're yeah. getting a load of vegetables from California yeah, yeah tomatoes can be in, 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 with the other vegetables right. classified as a vegetable anyway I'll shut up from this point because no, it's, no, it's fine you know it's, it's, this is not stand up comedy well, it's a garden show <laughs> we have to rem- Oh, I turned off your microphone. What am I doing? Turning off my microphone. Yeah. If okay. Core well, might do. Uh, core might do that remotely if I don't do it right now. Well, just to just to, to chime in here, we we don't mind your your. Uh, talking about anything all of us enjoy it i know so um the other problem that we had that um uh, let's see 
maybe it was Brenda who's, who talked about this one. This was the the um, the raspberry cane borer. No, we I think we no we didn't cover that. We were talking about the the white derplet syndrome. So anyway, the redneck uh, cane borer and the cane, regular raspberry cane borer, and then there's a crown borer, and all three of them are problems in your raspberry or your blackberry patch. And so these, what happens is these guys, uh, the raspberry borer, uh, uh, she drills, you know, a series of holes about an inch apart, in the cane and then she lays her eggs in there. And then when they, uh, they hatch and they become a little creepy worm, they just, they just head right down the cane and eat the center out of the cane. So when that first happens though, you'll notice that the, that the tops of the raspberry or the blackberry, uh, plant will droop, just look like it wilted, like it, you know, it needs water. And so what you do at that point is, is, so you have maybe one or maybe you have a hundred. It's, you know, you might have an infestation. But you, what you do is you go and you, you try to find those, you know, those two rings where they, and you cut below it maybe six inches. And then you either uh, burn those or put them in the uh, uh, trash to take away. And, uh, definitely not in the compost. And the, the, that's the raspberry borer. The redneck cane borer, right, doesn't drill the holes. They just plant their eggs right underneath the skin of the, of the cane. Uh, the, you know, just right next to the wood. And so what you see is a, see a swelling, um, you know, about an inch or so long, maybe two inches long. And so there's a swelling right around there. And that's the redneck cane borer. And the same routine, you know, they drill down through and they try to get all the way down to the root if they get down. Well, pretty much you're going to lose that cane if you if you don't see it right off and cut it about six inches below the, the swelling. Nola is like a dream come true. She's sweet and unlucky. <laughs> hey, Nola. Hey, sorry huh? to interrupt. That oh, don't. Weird. Don't be sorry. You're getting very deep after you were very silly. <laughs> <laughs> kind of just to keep the program balanced, right? <laughs> that's, that's well, we like to pretend thing. we're talking about garden stuff here, so I have to yak on about something. Well, garden stuff is everywhere, isn't it? It is. It, it is, is everywhere. My biggest garden pest when it comes to the berries, mm-hmm. we haven't planted a single one of these. They all came from the forest, is the bear. Oh, yeah. we don't mess with the bear. If she or he wants to eat them all, you go. God bless you. you see. Yeah. That's, that's fine. You know, you just you watch them all season. They scrape you when you're out there cutting the grass, mm-hmm. and then just like magic, yeah. they turn color, mm. and just like magic, all the thousands and thousands just go poof and they're gone. <laughs> it's okay. We got to share. So two little garden-related stories this week. I'm glad you don't talk about garden tools a lot because the plants are what's important. Yeah. But I have a tool. I call it the handyman. Mm-hmm. And I've probably purchased over the years 20-plus of them from Johnny Seeds. The price has gone from $7 to almost $30 for one of them. Yeah. And I have found their corpses in the school garden and in people's gardens where I've worked. They're mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. When I bought the last one two years ago, I promised myself I am not 
ever going to lose this. <laughs> never. We painted the handle bright yellow. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. Until a month ago. Mm-hmm. Where's the handyman? What did I do with it? Why can't I find it? Ugh. And I broke down and bought a new one from Seed Savers Exchange. <laughs> I got it. And like, wow, this is great. This is sharp. But boy, where is the other one? So this past week, I went out to some new gardens, which my husband is calling the you stole the driveway garden, <laughs> just dumping loads of compost on the driveway and planting them. And who needs to have a driveway when you can have gardens, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I was hacking one and pulling out lots of gallon soga, mm-hmm. which had gotten big, and lots of dandelions. And then my eyes said, oh, that's wood. What is that? It's a handle. It's, it's, it's a yellow. tool. <laughs> so excited. I let out this big burst of joy. Yeah. But in the process of losing the handyman, I had also lost my shears that I slit, snipped the oh. <laughs> plants with in the greenhouse. Yeah. Sharp and, you know, yeah. expensive scissors to keep the greens cut real nice. Oh, yeah. So I walked into the greenhouse on Thursday morning with the handyman, feeling like, okay, this mm-hmm. is cool. And this is what was amazing. I am amazed at our brains and how they work. Um, my brain just made this picture of me shoving the scissors into the soil. Oh. I walked about ten more steps, and there, underneath a basil plant, the scissors were standing tall, high. Where have you been? <laughs> so, I've been I don't know. Waiting. These lost yeah. objects are very gratifying when you find them. They yes, really are. Yes, I know the feeling for sure. It's a very good feeling. So I was going to leave you with just the first few lines of a very long Robert Frost poem, and I'll give you guys little bits of it every week until it's over. And it's appropriate now because the monarchs, at least in Ripton, are coming back. Yes. And so um, the poem is called Pod of the Milkweed. Oh. Yeah. All right. Pictures in the brain. Mm-hmm. Calling all butterflies of every race from source unknown but from no special place, they ever will return to all their lives because unlike the bees, they have no hives. The, the milkweed brings up to my very door the theme of wanton waste in peace and war as it has never been to me before. That's enough, okay? Yeah. So we're thinking about peace and war mm. and butterflies and milkweeds. Mm. Stay tuned. Good. Yeah, I look forward to it. So, um, Nola, I I ran into uh, the, well, I went to the farmers market in Plainfields on Fridays, and and it's a small farmers market, but the uh, I think it's a Littlewood uh, uh, farm. They had these orange tomatoes, and. and uh, I got them last last week, and my wife and I tried them, and they were fantastic. They were, I mean, they were a, a wonderful, you know, uh, yellow tomatoes. Sometimes a little acidic, but a lot acidic. These these are these are orange, but they're just as smooth and sweet as uh, any tomato you've ever eaten. And uh, I did a little research. I asked uh, this week uh, the lady there and said, well, what's the variety name? She said, they're marmalade. And uh, it turns out that Johnny's, not Johnny's, but High Mowing Seed is the exclusive, has the exclusive on them. The the seeds are a little pricey, like $6 for 10 of them. But, oh, my goodness, it is so worthwhile. 
And uh, um, I'll just pass that on to you. If you're looking for a uh, you know a little color in your tomato, uh, your tomato well, it might be fun to sneak into the salad mix. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I like to sneak things in there as long mm-hmm. as they're not slugs and earwigs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That would. No, do. that sounds wonderful. Yeah. So the tell marmal- me the names. Marmalade. Of Marmalade. Marmalade. And that's it's fantastic. It's just about the same color as marmalade is, you know, sort of an well, orangey color. And uh, and mm. sweet too. And not sweet like a uh like the sun golds. But Great. uh you know, sweet like a regular tomato. It's not it's not the essential. Tomatoes don't have to be that sweet. And you know my brain is saying to me now, that mm-hmm. old brain of mine. Mm-hmm. Thank God I've got it. Mm-hmm. Um it ain't too late to grow cherry tomatoes. Oh. Well. I mean, I, right? I mean yeah. You start them in August, you harvest in October? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, you could. Yep, I've let a few of my volunteers go, and, and and you know, they'll produce a tomato or two. But, right. um, yeah, this is – and the reason I brought up the, the marmalade was to talk a little bit about one of my f- favorite subjects, and that's the Garden Notebook. And in the Garden Notebook, I always keep a section called Notes for Next Year. And I wrote down marmalade, and I will now um, uh, write down high mowing seed uh, next to it because now I know where it comes from. And, but the notes for next year is great if you have a particular variety that you like or something or that – Yeah, yep. And uh, or if if you grew uh, you know twenty lettuce plants and it wasn't enough or if it was too much or you know those kinds of things I find are are very helpful because a lot of times you'll you'll sit down in January and say what was that I was thinking about the chard uh, did I like the chard do I want the Ford hook or and you know I know I had something in mind if you don't write it down uh, well basically it never happened so. Oh, you gotta write it down. Yeah. As yeah. long as, do I dare say this? Mm-hmm. Okay. So when the people from the Organic Farmers Association come mm-hmm. and inspect my farm, mm-hmm. are you keeping notes on your computer? <laughs> no, I don't use a computer. <laughs> are you keeping any track of what you're doing? Yes, I have many books. <laughs> and, you know, they look in it and it's scribble and it's muddy. <laughs> yeah. But it's that, there. there. It's there. That's and it. that's what matters, yes. right? The sign of a, of a well-used uh, uh, garden notebook is the dirt Indeed. on the page, you know. Indeed. Well, Marmalade <laughs> is written down. Actually, it's written right down in the Robert Frost Book of Poetry. <laughs> so I won't lose it, okay? And we'll see if we can get a few started. Yeah. See if we can have some. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Some late-season cherry tomatoes. Yeah. That would be great. Well, you these are actually of... full-size tomatoes, and they and there was oh. and they're not uh, they're not like a, a cherry tomato at all. So you oh, can. Oh, then they're full size. They're full size. Yeah. And oh, this is getting good. Yeah, and you know, I I got a couple. They had one there that was one of the four, four or five inches across, almost like a brandy wine. But I always hesitate with those because sometimes they're a little pithy on the inside. So yep. I didn't get that one, but I got two of the others because I knew. And and there's no core, so you're when you're slicing them for your sandwiches, you know, you slice right up to the the crown of uh, and and so they're they're really nice. I liked them quite a bit. I have liked them quite a bit. So notes for next year. That's right, or this year. 
<laughs> Thanks the note's well. going. You be well. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. Take Thanks. care. Appreciate the call. <laughs> oh, let's see now. Uh, I guess we need a break here. Oh, yeah. Okay. We'll see you on the other side. In decades past, you opened a business, hung out your shingle, and the customers came. Today, hanging out your shingle means creating an engaging website. The modern consumer is using the Internet to find businesses like yours. Are you positioned so you'll rise to the top of their search? Let the Radio Vermont Group Digital Services work with you to make sure you're visible online and to target your marketing to location, demographic, and interest. Learn more at rvgdigital.com. The number is 802-244-1777. And once again, here's Peter. Hey, Joel. Uh, yeah, we're, um, um, let's see. Should I go back to the boars with the, on the canes there? <laughs> yeah, we talked about that a little bit. Uh, there was the redneck, uh, cane boar, and obviously that's about a half inch long bug that has sort of a, a red neck on it. You can, and both of those do the same. Both the, the raspberry uh, cane borer and the redneck cane borer do basically the very same thing. They burrow in, plant their eggs, and then the, the, when those uh, mature, they eat their way down. So you can – usually it is a, a cycle. If you do nothing, it will probably only last a couple years. But the best way to really um, – to interrupt that cycle is to cut the the cane, you know, about six inches below where you see the swelling or or the holes, and that way uh, it'll clear up pretty quickly, and you don't even really need to use a pesticide or uh, for those at all. Now there's a, a third one called a, a crown borer, which is again the same thing. They play the they lay the eggs. And they swell up, and those guys go all the way down, and they actually start to eat the the crown, and that will definitely kill the plant. Fortunately, if you just simply dig up that plant and get rid of it, um, it'll again that'll uh, break the cycle, and you know should have no further problem. If you have it with quite a few of them, then you've got to you've got to go ahead and start to spray and and uh, early on, so that when the plants, uh, you know, when they come up and they lay their eggs again, then that and uh, then you'll you know break the cycle that way. So um, that's about it for for the um, the the bug news on uh, uh, your cane. Berry plants, and um, I did actually. I did want to talk about the notebook, um, so that was a good lead-in with Nola. I was uh, um, writing down marmalade uh, tomatoes in my notebook, and I thought oh, I should remind everybody to to go ahead and and write down something. I just use one of those composition books, and and I just I, it's not well organized. Uh, so we have uh, Rick. Oh, Rich in Starksboro. How are you, Rich? How, how have you good, been? Peter. Good. You? Oh, good. Thanks. What's going on? The uh, well, we were walking by uh, one of our neighbors' houses out in the village, and we looked over and we thought he was picking picking raspberries or something. Then we went all walked up to talk to him, and turns out he was 
picking bugs off of his potatoes oh. <laughs> and uh, squishing each of the bugs in, in, the, in his fingers. Yes, and, uh, it's it's and, uh, it's good therapy, I you know. Yeah, and I squished one, you know, like one of the or- the larvae, orange ones or yeah. something, and, and I saw the other ones with the stripes. But, but just a question about it is. If, if he squishes them and, and drops the, all the uh, leftover materials into the garden, yeah. are there any eggs in those materials that can no. um, propagate? No. no, they have to be okay. they have to, to be laid on a plant so they have something to feed on when they when they mature, and uh-huh. the the garden soil is is pretty um, pretty difficult to, for them to to um, you know to live in. So you're probably safe, okay. but uh, okay. I generally like to, you know, drown them in soapy water. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and some people, they want to squish them, you know. They just they can't <laughs> resist. So, yeah. you know, I know the yep. feeling there. Uh, but, uh, that, uh, no, there's no problem with that if they're, if they're squishing yeah. them. Yeah, I just said that bot about five minutes ago, and I wanted to... <laughs> so he's on the right track. That's good. I won't, Absolutely. I won't what he's up to. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. That's good. Thanks a lot, Peter. Well, thanks for the call. You guys take care. Have a you good sure, week. You sure enjoy your show. Yep. So well, thank you. Uh, and appreciate the call. All right. So uh, we are we're just about on the last lap here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to just uh, mention one garden tool that uh, that occurred to me just recently. Uh, and actually, I was reminded when uh, – um, uh, was it uh, – Nola. I don't know. Yeah. Which, no, find, what, what, no, she said she no, finds – oh, so she, yeah, she found a missing tool. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she found a missing tool. Well, um, so when he called about the, uh, the uh, tomatillos – and uh, I was reminded at that time that I've been thinking that the garden hose, in fact, is a very good garden tool. And a lot of times, if you if you have an infestation, you can just simply spray the spray the leaves, and it knocks off those uh, those eggs, and you know knocks them onto the ground where they won't uh, where they won't leave. I love those adjustable heads that yeah. you can buy with yep. about eight different. Uh-huh. Trouble is, one or two of them it'll knock the whole tomato they off. Absolutely, yeah. did knock it. <laughs> Right. You have to choose it wisely. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, the softer the better. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my favorite is that one that it's got the big head and it's sort of like a rain yeah. gives you like a rain. Right. So it's not you know, and I can go up close to the plants if I if I so choose and and water that way because I like to water down on the ground and not the top mm-hmm. of the plant. And and I uh, used to have a root waterer. Yeah. Back in, uh, when I did, you know, mm-hmm. I did the program years ago with Dick Raymond. Yeah. And then Dick Ayers. Yeah. And, um, and then another fellow whose name was Dick, all from the, uh, and, uh, anyway, uh, I think it was Dick Raymond or maybe Dick Ayers who recommended the root waterer. Okay. <laughs> you know, the long, you put your hose onto it and it yeah. has an adjustment, you know, on off <laughs> adjustment on the unit itself, but you put the thing about a foot into the ground and you water oh, from man. way down up. That's great. Did you ever use one of those? No, I never I have. I can't find, I can't find I, it one my anymore. My dad had something like that, but we used that just for the root, just for the, uh, the, uh, fruit trees. Uh huh. You know, uh, never used it in the garden. 
Oh, it, it was wonderful for the plants. In fact, if I, you know, get my wits back again and mm. actually have somewhat of a garden next year, yeah. um, I, I might try to find one of those. The best way that thing worked was I, I had hooked up the, um, it was the miracle grow watering yep. thing, you know, in advance of that thing. So the actual water that I would be, we had the fertilizer in it. Yeah, yeah. And miracle grow <laughs> these days, they have an or purely yeah. organic one as yep. well. Yep. So that would keep us, uh, you know, in tune with our organic <laughs> philosophy. But anyway, didn't mean to digress, but it is a great way to water. You yeah. say close to the roots, yeah. you can't get any closer than coming up at them. You That's know? right. Yeah. It's like a hyperdermic yeah. for, for egg. Right. Precisely. Precisely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. And and uh, adding to the garden tool of a hose, you can have the the deep uh, deep watering. And uh, I haven't been able to see that. Now, I did look up and that was the other thing I was researching was the uh, the solar um uh, the solar fences. The and and so it, it it's actually really confusing, and uh, I checked with the, the hardware stores in both Agway and Blue Sealed, and they didn't have them. Uh, so they probably only have them in the spring when in the beginning of the year. So I went online to see what they had there, and there was a couple, you know, a couple ones. Uh, but it looked like the, what they called the charger, you know, was just a, a simple, um, you know, solar panel with, uh, hookups for the, for that stuff. And then they, they rate it all by how many miles it'll charge. And I, <laughs> I was surprised, like, oh, this will charge 20 miles, you know. And I think, boy, that's a lot of fencing. I, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> But uh, uh, I'm going to keep the, on the lookout for something that's like a little, um, you know, garden kit. Yeah. That's the the charger and uh, the wire, and then the you know those white fiberglass sticks with the, you know. You have one wire way down low. One low, yeah, you know, yep. and then one about uh, deer head <laughs> high, and that's the one that you put the, a little peanut, peanut butter, butter on. on. Yeah, yeah, there and, you go. Uh, not very nice to the deer, but uh, they don't tend to come back. After that, at least, yeah. you know. Well, I, I started to think it very seriously when I realized that the uh, that the deer were gobbling down my broccoli. But uh, I'm going to try the um, the hot pepper, um, the cayenne pepper routine to start with, and and you know. And it washes off the next rainfall, you know, yeah. and it's cheap enough that, yeah. you know, you haven't spent a ton of money on some, you know, yeah. Captain yeah. Jacks or something, and then yeah. have it all washed off, all you know, stuff, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, um, we're pretty close to the end of the show, aren't we? I think we are post Boy, the end of the show, but it is, uh, we're just, it is still the fastest hour, and <laughs> and I have so much fun. I learned so much, and uh, now I regret not having that much of a garden. Even the tomatoes in my uh, on my front steps, I yeah. figured, well, maybe they won't know, and because I've moved some of my containers to the front steps, uh-huh. somebody's been eating the tomatoes. Oh, you no know? kidding. The little ones. <laughs> oh, so I don't know what. You can't feed the animals and then expect them not to eat your garden, is, is, <laughs> yeah, is, is, is the lesson so I've that, learned. So that's, that's the lesson. That's the, the yeah. moral of the story. Yeah. <laughs> you have to make a choice. Well, I tell you, I have so much, uh, uh, you know, cognitive dissonance here. I love seeing <laughs> the animals. Hey, it when they eat my whole garden, but yeah. at any rate, well, you know, just just accept the fact that this is a, you know, like a butterfly garden. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I mean, you're planting it just for the butterflies. So this is a, a, a squirrel.
squirrel, deer, bird, uh, chipmunk, garden, chipmunk, vole, uh, vole garden. Yeah. And for me, bunny rabbits more than oh, anything oh, else. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. we can't leave the bunny rabbits. Rabbit. So, yeah. well, I guess. Uh, well, I guess we'll have to to figure out what is a good uh, bunny rabbit uh, garden, so you yeah. can just plant for the bunny rabbits. Whatever is in there now, boy, I've never seen so many. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Peter. See you next week, buddy. Row by row. Gonna make this garden grow All it takes is a rake and a hoe And a piece of fertile ground Inch by inch, row by row Someone bless these seeds I sow Someone warm them from below Till the rain comes tumbling down In the Garden today has been brought to you by the Willie's Store Family owned since 1900 in Greensboro by Polly Construction, Gregory Drive, South Burlington, where one call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, boy, do they have everything. Your locally owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. Menard's family-owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville for all your many, many needs. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. And uh, many, many late-season uh, great values and bargains and coupon specials, too. Check them out. These flowers and garden shop. Flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, houseplants, potting supplies, and more. These flowers and garden shop in Waitsfield. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber. Vermont's largest independent home center. Online at Sticks and Stuffs. Let me get it right. No F in Stuffs. No S in Stuffs. Joel, take two. Go to sticksandstuff.com for store locations and hours. By PR Lumber, Route 15 in Walcott. Family Mill Lumber for all your projects. PR Lumber on Facebook as well. By Guy's Farm and Yard. Four locations to serve you in Vermont. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it. GuysFarmandYard.com By Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel. Sponsors of the In the Garden podcast, which you can listen to anytime. They're online, DandelionAcres.com Do join us again next week at 1230 during the noon hour for In the Garden with Peter Burke.